Are the January blues hitting you? Are you feeling like everything is piling up on you? Are you in your pajamas right now? Me too. But really, how are you right now? If you're not doing great, then today, my friend, we did a podcast episode just for you. I hope you can feel our love for you and that you'll hear this message today and be able to tell yourself it's okay to be in a season of survival. And if you aren't in that kind of a season, but you know and love someone who might be right now, share this with them once you're done listening. And to my friend who inspired this episode today, know that I love you and I'm here for you and that this is just a season and today is not forever. Today's episode is inspired by a phone call that I made tonight to a dear friend and this person came into my mind and if this ever happens to you, do this. I was going to text them, but instead this like little baby nudge prompting came to me, call them instead. So I did, I called this person and it turned out they were just having a really hard time and you know very quickly into the conversation just broke down and started telling me about all of the hard things that are stacked up against them right now. And like most people, there's challenges in many facets of their life, not just one thing, but several things that are kind of stacking. And this person is totally in survival mode. So I was able to hopefully try to offer some hope and try to walk through some just exercises to put things into perspective. And what I really hope that this person feels and that you feel if you're listening to this episode is it's okay. Not only is it okay to be in a survival mode, it's part of the journey. It's part of life to have seasons of survival. Seasons where you're just barely getting by, you're barely making it, and you're not bringing your best work to the table, and that's okay. Yeah. I always think of, or I immediately thought of like you being on bed rest when you were talking, when you brought this topic up. Um, that was probably survival, survival mode for, for you. Me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, for you too, though. I mean, just to get through well, it. But. Here's the funny thing is that's not what my mind went to. My mind went to when I had severe postpartum depression. Yeah. Both times I was kind of, you know, posted up in bed, but the second time around when I was on bed rest mentally I actually stayed in a pretty good place that whole time and I yes some of that was because I had acquired some of those skills but also I was just at a different point in life like when I look back at that severe postpartum depression that I had in 2020 I'm like well yeah of course not only is it hard to bring a new baby into a family every time that happens you know you're in automatically in survival mode because you're up all night and you're not getting good sleep, which we'll talk about in a minute. But it was during the pandemic. Life was totally turned upside down for everyone. And, you know, when I went through that chemical imbalance of postpartum depression, I also found out later that the medication that I took just made things worse. I mean, there were so many factors that stacked against me and I remember waking up every day feeling like I hate myself. I'm a failure. I hate showing up for life like this. Um, I feel bad that my family has to deal with me in this capacity. That is the kind of mode that I was in 
during that whole year of 2020, pretty much, or even into 2021, while I was postpartum for a year. So when I look back at the bed rest thing, like, yeah, there were things that we did that were survival mode as far as like, for me, at least as far as like, yeah, we fed our kids lots of takeout food. And we did things that we don't normally do just to get by. But mentally, the worst I can remember was that period of postpartum depression where every day I would wake up and be like, this is not me. And I hate myself, you know, because I didn't feel like myself and I didn't feel like I could bring even like 50% of my A game. I was at like a 20% on a good day during that whole year, pretty much. Yeah. No, I remember that. That was a, that was a really crazy, absolutely like tough time. And I've never seen you, you know, like that and nor have I since, which is, which is good. So, which is good. But another thing I remember too, that I had a lot of shame with, and I'm trying to remember which podcast episode we did was someone who I was talking to about this, but I said, I felt a lot of shame during that time because I could show up for work. That was about the only thing I could show up for. And I would give my all, I would show up, I would get as much done as I possibly could. And then I would just crash. And I felt embarrassed that I could show up for work but I had a hard time like walking into the next room when Harry would cry and I knew it was time to pick him up out of the crib and feed him and that that was hard for me to show up for but I was showing up for work and whoever it was that talked to me about this said that is textbook postpartum depression but I think a lot of times in these survival modes you do show up where you absolutely have to to provide for your family or Maybe it's just for the newborn baby, but then you feel like you're failing in these other areas of your life. And the point of today's podcast episode is to reassure you that this is part of life. This is part of the journey to have seasons, periods of your life where you're not at full throttle. And not only is that okay, it's necessary. You have to go through these lows. You have to have peaks and valleys. Yeah. There does have to be opposites for sure. I was just thinking, I'm like, man, wouldn't that be amazing just to be able to be high-performing, firing on all cylinders 100% of the time, but it just doesn't work that way. I mean, there has to be yin and yang, you know, it's in in, in a, every different culture and, and, you know, so many different philosophies and in religion and faith, there's, there's opposites, there's good right. and evil, there's, you know, up and down, there's you know, all these different things. And that's necessary in order to be able to, to grow and to, um, have, have balance in our lives and appreciate the times that are really good and, and amazing. Um, it's probably because we've been through some things that are really tough or challenging or seasons that have been difficult or like survival mode. And that postpartum depression was, a very necessary part of me becoming who I am. And I remember my therapist saying to me, you will never be the same after this. You will be better. You'll never go back to not understanding at a depth where you can have true compassion for others. What really difficult mental health struggles look like, feel like what life is like during those periods of time. So I'm grateful that I went through that to really know, to pay the price to know 
you know, my brothers and sisters who go through things like that, that I, I know on a deeper level, really what that is. But I wanted to go to something too, that I read in my inbox this week that I thought was so profound, especially during, if you are listening to this and you, you are feeling that like, I'm a failure. I hate myself right now. I can't show up the way I want to show up. And you're seeing everyone's highlight reels, like literally people are making or, you know, it's probably dying down now, but a week or two ago, that's all you would see is the recap from 2023. And it was all these like, you know, flashing pictures of all of people's highlights and the best things they did in 2023 and their vacations and their accolades and their accomplishments. And you're sitting there in your pajamas and your house is a disaster like ours is still after Christmas and the Christmas decorations are still up and you just feel like, wow, I didn't do half as many things that are that cool. I think people feel that way. And then I think they see on social media too, all of these declarations and affirmations and manifesting and goals and all of these big, bad you know, amazing things that people are going to do in 2024. And again, if you're the person sitting there in your pajamas and you haven't taken a shower and again, the house is a disaster. You have no idea what you're going to make for dinner. You're sick of having everybody home. (laughs) And it's hard to compare that feeling of being like, wow, why am I not killing it? Like everyone else is. Here's what was in my email inbox. And it was from Brooke Snow, who I love. She does, um, the, she has, a the creation coach school. And then she also has like a meditation app that I love. But anyway, this is what she said. Where I live in the Northern hemisphere, it is frozen outside right now. The natural world is at rest and hibernating. I've just been through a hectic holiday season and I'm tired. Honestly, all I really want to do right now is rest myself, just like nature. Last year, a friend of mine sent me an Instagram post sharing how the new year beginning in January is only a product of the last 400 years or so. Before that, the new year was fittingly celebrated in spring. So then she talks about how right when she read that, she, it it just made sense to her. She connected and clicked like, yeah, in the spring, like I feel energized. I feel rejuvenated. The sun's coming out more. Like I'm ready to make some changes and do some new things. And so she talked about how that's where she sets her intention for the year. That's where she sets her goals. That's where she does her resolutions or whatever. And I, that it was such a profound thought that I really marinated on that for a while. Like how beautiful would that be if we all gave ourselves a rest period after the holidays and we're just a little more gentle and easy to our, on ourselves and kind to ourselves during, you know, what the rest of the world, the natural world does is they go into that hibernation and they don't just try to grow, 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 grow all year long. You know, the animals do it, the plants do it, the trees, the fruits, the, all the things like they only have certain seasons of bloom, like all pretty much all fruits and vegetables have a season where they thrive. And then they have a season where, yeah, you can buy strawberries right now, but they're not going to taste that great because they're not in season. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Um, I mean, I'm definitely thinking of it's, it's just the world we live in. I think, 
you know, we've had so many great technological advances. We've got the internet, we've got our, you know, computer in our pocket, on our phones, the capacity to work literally 24 seven if we want. And I think that there's more of a push to, to be like that and to be on and to be connected and to be firing on all cylinders in every, you know, every single different direction all at once at the same time. And, and then if we're not, it's like, man, we're, we're failing. And I think a lot of times I can feel like that. Um, but I think it, for me, it's a big question of uh, when I can put it in the right perspective, it's recognizing and trusting that God has, has control of things. Otherwise it's me trying to control everything and that's never manageable like ever. And so when I can recognize and understand there's a God who has a plan and has a plan specifically for me and my family, um, and he's, he's got it, he's God, then I can have a, a lot more peace knowing that, okay, if I can just listen and follow the things that he wants me to do, he will show me what is necessary and what's not. Because the opposite of that is me trying to control everything mm-hmm. and keep all the balls in the air. And it just it just doesn't go well. It just doesn't work very well. Well, one of the things that I tried to point out to this friend that I talked to is all of the things that they're doing right right now. I was like, hey, you're doing this right. You're doing that right. This is going well for you. And I think when you're in that season of everyone's thriving and I'm failing or I've got all these things stacked against me, it can, it can be a weird comfort zone to go into doom and gloom and just sit there because it kind of validates your bad feelings, but it's not healthy to just stay there, right? Because you'll just spiral and you'll just feel worse and worse about yourself. So what I like to do if I'm feeling like, everything is piling up against me, I try to do a brain dump. Because for me, getting it all out instead of having it all just float around in my head helps me to just say, okay, I am dealing, wait, like when you write it down, it looks like a pretty long list of all the things that you have to carry right now. You know, for most of us, it's financial, it's family, it's raising kids, having a good marriage, keeping a household up, you know, you write those things down and then you're going to have physical evidence of, okay, there's a lot here. No wonder I'm overwhelmed. But then also equally important is to take the time to write down a few things that are going right. And there's always something, there's always something to be grateful for. There's always something that you can point out that's like, well, okay, yeah, I am doing that right. Like, do you have a roof over your head? Did you feed your kids something tonight, even if it was cereal for dinner, whatever, (laughs) you know, start writing down some of the things that are going right right now, because there's at least a few of them and then try to focus on, okay, it's okay for me to not be at a hundred percent season. It's okay if even I'm at a 20% season of my life and here's the things that are going right. Yeah. I think the gratitude part is so important. And that's something I've been trying to focus on more recently. And I've, it's the cool thing is, and like trying to pray about it to be able to see it more. I'm recognizing how many prayers are being answered. Like Mm -hmm. I've never had 
so many instances of, of recognition of like, man, I prayed for this specific thing and it just got answered. And it's like a bunch of things in a row, like, whoa, God answered my prayer. Like, that's really cool. And I think that that gives me the evidence that I need spiritually to be able to face a bunch of really tough things, recognizing like, hey, God's got it. And, and, and I, I don't have to be the one controlling everything and that there's so much peace and manageability in that. And if I can just align myself to his will and surrender to what he would have me do, he'll show me how to do it. Yeah. Last year I was a lot better at, I'm not a good journaler. You are, you have these, not lately, but, but you have incredible journal entries where you'll just write and write. I'm not great at doing that. But last year I was like, okay, every time I have a spiritual experience where I feel like God spoke to me or he answered a prayer or something profound happened, I'm going to get out my little app. I have an app called Evernote and I use it just, you know, there's sections where I just write down spiritual things that happened to me. And so I was so much better last year at recording those. And then when times were really hard, when I would just feel like, gosh, where, where is Heavenly Father? And why can't I hear him right now? I would go back to the most recent thing that I had written down. And it was like, oh yeah, this, this wasn't that long ago. And this was the last impression that I had, or this was the last little tender mercy where I knew he was aware of me. And it's easy to forget those things if you don't write them down. So that's another thing that I think can be so helpful is if you can just jot down, whether it's a physical journal or maybe it's in your phone. For me, that works a little bit better because it's always with me. And then you can go back to it and see like, oh, I'm not alone in all of this. God does have my back and he's helping me, even if it's just a little thing. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I don't know, I think for me, so much of it comes down to trusting in God. And when I struggle and, and I think I've, I've seen it with other, you know, friends or different people, like a lot of those struggles come down to, to a trust in God or having faith that he's going to come through for us. And I think, you know, there've been times in my life where I haven't been following what I know that I should have been doing. Um, and maybe wasn't striving to listen, but as I've strived to listen like there's, there, you know, I think I, I can have a confidence that God is going to direct my path for good. You know, there's, there's scriptures about that and that, that kind of back that up. But if I'm aligning myself with God and striving to do his will, then one of the things that I really love, there's actually a story in the big book. Uh, it's the big book, Alcoholics Anonymous, um, but it's a talks about a doctor who, you know, goes through his, his struggles with alcohol and, and different drugs and, and things that he was using, but really getting to the roots and the underlying causes and conditions of his addiction or alcoholism, um, is he talked about just acceptance and the power of that and, and understanding, cause I think I, for me, at least I can get caught in this idea of how things should be or what I want them to be or my design for my life and, you know, my kind of plan of salvation. Um, but this is, this is kind of the conclusion that he came to after working through a program and really coming to understand, you know, spiritual principles. Um, he says, acceptance is the answer to all my problems today. When I'm disturbed, it is because I find some person, place, thing, or situation 
some fact of my life unacceptable to me. And I can find no serenity until I accept that person, place, thing, or situation as being exactly the way it is supposed to be at this moment. Nothing, absolutely nothing, happens in God's world by mistake. Until I could accept my alcoholism, I could not stay sober. Unless I accept life completely on life's terms, I cannot be happy. I need to concentrate not so much on what needs to be changed in the world as on what needs to be changed in me and in my attitudes. Mm. So I love that. That's one of my favorite paragraphs, but it's it's oftentimes, I resonate with that because it's, it's my perspective that's oftentimes where the problem is or where the issues lie. The story you're telling yourself about what yeah. things mean. The, like the narrative of how you're interpreting mm-hmm. life. And, and two people can have the exact same negative or positive experience and interpret it totally differently and go down two separate paths, you know, depending on how that interpretation happens. So that's something that, that really made a lot of sense to me. Well, I thought about Billy when she did that life coaching with me. Oh, I think it was Billy that was telling me that that was textbook postpartum depression. But when she did the little parenting thing with me where she went back and forth on my psychology of, well, how do we teach our kids? And she pointed out to me that I was assigning so much meaning to the way I was raised and for you so much meaning to the way you were raised. And she was like, what if you just would have done that anyway, because that's who you are. And I think that we do assign so much meaning to things that happen to us or the way that other people react or whatever. And you don't necessarily need to like read into everything so deeply and interpret things as a reflection of, are you good or bad? Or are you doing a good job? Or are you enough? You know, I think that at least as moms, and I'm sure dads too, can look at their kids and think like, oh, this is a reflection of how good of a parent I am. No, People are their own little human beings, even even little kids, you know. And I think that as parents, we can go way, like just spiral into these narratives that we tell ourselves. Nobody else is telling you this, but you're telling yourself, oh my gosh, I'm not a good parent or I'm not showing up the way that I should be. I should be doing this as a mom. I should be doing this as a wife. And So maybe just back down. I love that Dr. Amen says, don't believe every crazy thing your brain tells you, right? We're all telling ourselves lies about how bad we suck. Like, let's be honest, we all are doing that. And it's just not true. And I I also think the adversary loves it. He loves to get us to spiral into these narratives of, wow, this means I'm bad. Wow, this means I just must really not be doing enough. And Even when you were talking about like, yeah, sometimes I was doing things that I knew I shouldn't be doing. I think I used to look for assigning when something went wrong in our life, like, well, whose fault is this? Who brought this upon us? You know, and I've just let go of a lot of that. I think I used to be so worried about earning God's love. And that's just not how it works. You know, he loves us regardless. Think about your own kids. Like think about, do they need to do certain things for you to look at them 
with loving eyes and just care so deeply about them? No, you just love them because they're your children. And so I think that getting clear on that can really help just defeat some of these thoughts that attack us in our minds about how we're not good enough. If you can instead think about God's pure love for you and how you're his child. And if you're a parent, if you can put that into perspective of, oh yeah, when your kid messes up, you're like, well, yeah, you're a kid. I know you're going to mess up. It's okay. You're just learning. And that's exactly how our heavenly father feels about us too. Like you're just a kid down there. I just sent you to earth to figure it out. You're learning. You're supposed to. This is part of the journey, you know? So we all need to, I think, stop being so dang hard on ourselves about how much we're failing and how much we're not measuring up. Because I think that in my peak of survival seasons, I'm really hard on myself about just how much I'm failing everyone. Yeah, I think we can all, I don't know, that's something I struggle with frequently, even knowing this and saying this and like the concept of the, uh, of everything we're talking about makes so much sense in my mind, but I'll wake up tomorrow and run into a situation and be like, oh my goodness, like I'm, I'm a failure. I'm, <laughs> I'm so bad. Or like, I have to constantly remind myself and do things each day to bring myself, uh, and, and in, in the steps, the 12 steps, it's step 11. You seek through med- prayer and meditation to, you know, improve your conscious contact with, with God or your higher power. And so that connection is really where, you know, I connect with, and, and I think we all can connect with truth and get the right messaging and the right understanding and, and validation because looking to other sources, it's just maybe even, even, even good, you know, good sources at some point they're, they're going to fail you or be imperfect, but God is never going to fail us. And so trying to, to see things from, from a viewpoint of being connected to God and seeing them, how he sees them really puts that narrative into the right scripting for me. Right. I think one thing that's been powerful for me too, when I'm going through a hard time is to, talk to someone who can see things more clearly than I can. I think that's so important because I think if you just stay in your head, that can be a dark, scary neighborhood to hang out in. And for me, when I was going through postpartum depression, that was my therapist. And she was so instrumental in me being able to make strides and, and not actually, I take that back, not even just make strides, but just survive well. And tell myself it's okay to be at 20% capacity because that's what she would talk about with me. She would be like, Corinna, I have known you my whole, your almost my whole life. Um, cause she met me when I was like 10 years old. So she was like, I've, I've seen you grow up and I've watched who you are and who you've become. And you are a, you know, super driven type A. So this is driving you crazy to feel like you have no energy and you're extremely depressed and you're you can barely get out of bed. So she was like, we're going to work on, like you said, accepting that right now is a 20% season that this, I have this small gas tank and whatever I use up once I, once I've used it up, it's done. So I have to be careful to use it on only the things that are going to help me survive. 
And so that helped me for a few reasons. Number one, it gave me permission to just say, it's okay to be at 20% right now, Corinne. And number two, when she would tell me over and over, you got to respect the gas tank. You got to remember the gas tank. You have a very small gas tank right now. It helped me to prioritize only the most important things. So I think if you're listening to this and you feel super discouraged, you feel like, you know, life is piling up on you. I would ask you, are you getting enough rest? Because sleep deprivation will make all your problems worse. So for me, I had to make sure I was trying to make up for the sleep that I was losing during the night, feeding the baby before our baby slept through the night. And, you know, then other things, are you eating foods that make you feel good? Are you drinking water? Literally, are you drinking any water? Because that will really hurt your physical and mental health too. So just these like bare minimum things that I think ironically get pushed to the side or aren't even paid attention to at all when we get into survival mode are the things that will keep you going even if your best is 20% right now. The other thing I think can be so helpful is if you pick one mantra or one affirmation or one thing to tell yourself as soon as you find yourself spiraling, you know, so you can write this down, whatever the pretty much whatever the opposite is of the lie that your brain has been telling you about how you suck and you're not showing up for people and you're not good enough and all those things. Turn it around, turn it on its head and write something down like, I am a good mom. Right now, I'm in a season of survival. I accept this. I love myself. My people love me. And things will get better. This is just a season. I mean, I would tell myself a variation of that. I would say to myself during postpartum depression when I really just woke up and wanted to hate myself every day, I would say, I have a small gas tank. I have to respect the gas tank. And this is me right now, but this won't be me forever. I won't be this way forever. And that kept me going just enough. I mean, I didn't feel awesome. But I felt good enough to be like, okay, I'm going to do my 20% day today and it's going to be okay. Do you have any final thoughts, Neil? Yeah, I just think in general, looking, there's so much power for me in looking to God and looking to to him for that. One, the validation, Mm because I think he knows and understands who we are perfectly, understands our strengths, weaknesses, you know, everything. And so his perspective of us, how we're doing, what we're doing is probably vastly different than what we, you know, the perspective that we have of ourselves. And, and I think most of the time or a lot of the time for me, like, I think my perspective is wrong. It's inaccurate. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I can see and connect with God and, and feel, you know, the spirit or, or be connected, it totally feels different. I don't, I don't have those negative self-defeating, like overwhelmed thoughts. It it just, there's a peace and a confidence of, I know it's all going to work. It's all good. Everything's great. Everything's as it should be. It's imperfect, but it's perfectly imperfect. And it's the reason that's possible is because God has control of all things and I'm aligned with him and he'll show me what I need to do and he'll give me the strength to do it as long as I'm turning to him and listening and and trying to follow what, what he's asking me to do. 
There's a quote that I love by Haruki Murakami, and he says, And once the storm is over, you won't remember how you made it through, how you managed to survive. You won't even be sure whether the storm is really over. But one thing is certain, when you come out of the storm, you won't be the same person who walked in. So if you're in this survival season, be kind to yourself, be gentle with yourself. I give you permission to be at 20% or even 15% or whatever percent you're at right now in life. It's okay. Today is not forever. Thanks so much for listening to Mint Arrow Messages. We're so grateful that you spent time with us today. Make sure you go follow us at Corinne Stoko or at Mint Arrow Messages on Instagram. And then if you have a second and you love the show, I would love it so much if you'd leave a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts. That's the only way people can find out about us if they haven't heard about us before. So just go tap the stars, leave a rating or a review. If you have a second, we would appreciate it so much.